So Luke 2, verse uh, 41. Now Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey And then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, and in favour with God and man. This uh, early narrative uh, reminds me of uh, Superman 1. Okay, yeah, (laughs) interesting start. Superman 1, when I was growing up, it was a modern film, 1978 it came out, which makes it, I think, 45 years old now, which says something of my age. But anyway, the start of um, Superman 1, you've got the child, a Clark or Kal-El, if you're a bit more of a nerd on these things, and he's accepted by childless parents. He sort of lands on Earth. And he starts to save people from the very first minute. See, straight after uh, meeting uh, their son, uh, the soon-to-be father's truck has uh, skidded off the road. He's trying to replace the tyre. So he puts the, the whole truck on a jack while he goes underneath to replace it, and the jack slips. And uh, saved from impending death, the whole truck falling on, on him. Uh, you have this, the, the young uh, Kal-El, or the young Clark, standing, sort of grinning away. I think he's around about the same age as our little Olive, so about three years old, holding up a truck and just smiling away. And uh, he starts to save people uh, from the get-go. And and so here's my question for us this morning. How similar is the young Superman to how you imagine Jesus at Christmas? But it's in a slightly different way. On a 0 to 10, how superhero is your Jesus? So 0 being, you know, actually, he's not a superhero at all. He's just a normal human being. But 10 being he's got the powers of Superman. How superhero is your Jesus? Well, the story we've just uh, read so far answers the question, how superhero is your Jesus? It's about Jesus' early years. In, in fact, it's the only account of uh, Jesus, outside, as, a, as well, he's not quite a teenager, uh, outside of him being a child or an adult, it's sort of in, in between as a 12-year-old. And we actually hear Jesus' first spoken words as well. And arguably, it's more of an Easter reading than a Christmas reading. You see, they go down to, or go up to Jerusalem, I should say, uh, to celebrate the Passover, the Old Testament Easter celebration, as it were. Well, the family all go and they go to celebrate Passover, celebrate God's saving acts in the past. 
And on the long journey on the way back home, Jesus can't be found. It was assumed he was with his wider family. Certainly, Mary and Joseph were no uh, helicopter parents. Uh, they clearly pretty chilled out, but again, worried after a while. And we're not seeing him for a whole day. Is there something wrong? So they go back to Jerusalem for search for him. And then after three days, they eventually find him. And what is he doing? He's in his father's house. That's to say he's in the temple and he's learning. He's learning the scriptures. He's learning the history of salvation of the Jewish people. Mary's clearly not happy. She rebukes Jesus. She's furious. To which she replies, surely you knew where I had to be. My father's house. Not Joseph's house, but the house of his father in heaven. And our father in heaven, no less. The temple in Jerusalem. Well, they all do go home eventually. And as they go, Jesus continues to submit to his parents. Mary is chewing over all these things in her heart, delighting in them, but meditating on what, what must they mean? And the Lord Jesus Christ grows in strength, a stature, and he grows in wisdom and he grows in favour or grace with God uh, and man. So how superhero is the Jesus of the Bible? Now, here's the main thing I want us to go away knowing this morning is this. Jesus, man, not Superman. Okay, Jesus, he's man, not Superman. And it might feel like, hold on a second, aren't you downplaying Jesus? Surely Jesus is more than Superman. It's far, how, whatever sort of character we could think up in our mind, surely Jesus is more powerful than him. In a sense in which that is entirely true, that's the right reaction, but also less powerful because he is a man. And that is a consistent testimony of the gospel and scripture that Jesus is truly man. And that's what we see in this passage. And we see it uh, in a number of ways. And the first thing I want us to, sh- the first way I want to see it is that he's a true man, is that he learned. He learned. That's a bit of sort of theology uh, ABC, as it were. We need to know as Christians, we're going to take following Jesus seriously. We need to know who he is. And the test from the scriptures is that Jesus is truly God and he's truly man. But in a slightly different way, he's fully God and he's fully man um, at the same time. So he's not half man and half God, like a mermaid is half woman, half fish. We're not, we're not talking that. He's, he's, he's not half man, half God. He's fully man and fully God, truly man and truly God. But this scripture tells he learned. So how does that work? Saying he's fully God and he's fully man. Well, he learned. As God, he knows everything. He created everything. In fact, something is only true if God let it be so. He knows everything. But as a man, he did not know everything. He doesn't know everything at the same time. So as God, he already knows everything. As man, he had to learn things and didn't know everything. It's hard to hold them together. But that's what the scriptures testify. And look at verse 46 uh, with me. And Mary and Joseph find Jesus sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. So what's going on here? It's about Jesus the man. He's learning. He's asking the teachers about the faith. And they're teaching him. And of course, you can tell how well someone understands something by the quality of their questions. He must have been asking very profound questions, asking what the implications of these truths were. But he doesn't know everything. I mean, as God, yes, he does know everything according to his divine nature. But as man, he needed to learn. And just think about that. In in one sense, I guess that's our expectation. So when Jesus was sort of one week old baby, 
He wasn't talking to Mary because he already acquired uh, the Hebrew language. That'd be very, very weird, wouldn't it? To have a one-week-old baby talking to its mother. That wasn't what was going on. He had to learn language. And again, this idea that Jesus had to learn, he didn't know everything, is it's just a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies about him. So listen to this from Isaiah 50. Speaking of the Messiah who would come, Isaiah 50 verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught. He had to be taught. That I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. What's the point here? Jesus had to learn as a man. The son of God became a man. He didn't become a superman. He took on the weakness and the limitations of a human being. That's the baby that we celebrate at Christmas. Now he grew. He grew like any other ordinary human being because he was and is a human being. Children, do you ever at home uh, learn songs about the Christian faith? Do you ever uh, do Bible study uh, with your parents? And when you go out to Sunday school um, in, in the morning before the service starts, you're learning, aren't you? Those were things that Jesus would have had to do as well. He had to learn the faith because he was a man. He wasn't a superman. So firstly, Jesus learned. Secondly, we see Jesus submitted. Did you see that in verse 48? Um, Jesus gets rebuked by his mother. Now, it's an unfair rebuke, isn't it? We know it's an unfair rebuke because Jesus always kept the law. He always obeyed God perfectly. So you can't rebuke someone if they're obeying uh, God perfectly. But how does he respond? He responds as someone who was submissive to his parents. Did you see that in verse 51? And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Now, it's really quite something, isn't it, that the creator of the universe, the heir of uh, heaven and earth, the one who is the exact reputation of God's being, would submit to the fallible, weak, sinful ones who he made, his mother and his father. But that's exactly uh, what he does. Why does he do that? Because he came to earth, not just as God, he came to earth as the perfect man. The perfect ordinary man. So he had to keep God's rules. But even more than that, God's, God's rules, God's law are good. And as he grew, as he learned about the world, it was good for him to submit to his parents because he would learn something of the world as he submitted to his parents. He was an authentic man. He had to know how the world worked. And God has ordered the world so that children learn from their parents. They submit to their parents. They learn from their parents. So they know how to live well in the world. And just as a brief aside, uh, many of us are going to not, well, none of us are going to be here next week, just a reminder, because we're not meeting next week. But a lot of us just won't be here because we'll be with family. We'll be going home. And that is a great thing to do. Um, But so often, I guess we find it difficult, don't we, with our family. We go home and we revert very often to childhood habits, don't we? We This certainly happens uh, in my household. Um, but it's remarkable, isn't it, how uh, Jesus, as, uh, as he grew up, he always honoured his parents. He submitted to them. He honoured them. And in a therapeutic age uh, where we're told that all of our problems are a result of the mistakes of our parents, uh, why not this Christmas? Say, no, no, that's, that's rubbish. And imitate our saviour uh, by giving honour to our imperfect parents as well. Just an aside. So Jesus 
He's man, not Superman. We've seen that in his learning. Uh, we've seen that in his submission to his parents. And then we also see at the end how, how he grew. He, he grew. He changed. Now, God doesn't change, does he? He can't get better because he's already perfect. And he can't get, get worse because he stays perfect all the time. But Jesus did. He grew, didn't he? He grew from child to man. Verse 52, he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. It's remarkable. Isn't it? I guess when we think he increased in strength, we can sort of get that. But increased in wisdom, the man Jesus increased uh, in wisdom is because he was an ordinary man. He, he, he was a true, genuine man. And he increased in favor with God and man because he did what delighted God and delighted others. Now, God doesn't change, but Jesus did. How is that? Although he was and is truly God, who doesn't change, as a man, he did change. Like all of us uh, are changing. He changed uh, as well. Now, we've got to remember Jesus is not, he's one person. He's not two people. He's one person, God and man. But as we see Jesus' life on earth, as we read the Gospels, what we're seeing is a true man, an authentic, genuine man who lived out the authentic, genuine uh, faith. He wasn't a superman who just looked like a man on the outside, but like Superman inside, he had all these superpowers and his super strength, wasn't really a person. No, he truly was a person. He truly was a man. Now, he did have a divine nature, of course. We're not denying that. But as we hear him teach, as we see him live, as we witness him die and rise again, he does this according to his human nature. A baby, then a boy, then a teenager, then a man. He became one of us to live like us. Now, I think it's quite tempting to think, well, I know Jesus was a man, but he was sort of God as well. So he sort of was a bit like Superman. Couldn't he just have used his divine power, his superpowers, when things got tricky? And the answer to that question is, he could have. He could have. But he didn't. Now, it's quite hard to get our heads around, but listen to Peter's testimony. Peter, obviously uh, one of the greatest theologians ever been, uh, wrote a fair amount of the New Testament. This is Peter's testimony about Jesus. This is Acts chapter 10. He says this, Acts 10 verse 38, describing Jesus' life and miracles. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God was with him. Now, Peter, of course, knows that Jesus is truly God and truly man. But how does he explain Jesus' life? and his teaching, and his miracles. He doesn't say he did them because Jesus is God. That's not what he says. That's true, but that's not what he says. He says because God was with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. In other words, the vast majority of times we witness Jesus' life in the Gospels, even his miracles, he's doing them as a man with the help of God. Uh, through the Holy Spirit, we could say. It's a bit like this. Imagine um, uh, going bowling. I don't know if you like bowling or not. Uh, I remember the first time I went bowling, I think it was incredibly exciting and just every ball going down the gutter. I, just, I think I was in tears by the end of it. It's about 28 at the time. No, much younger. Um, but just balls go down the gutter. The gutter is so annoying, isn't it? Um, but it's great, isn't it? You can, if you're not having a great day, you can put bumpers in the gutter, can't you? 
and uh, you know you sort of strike every single time. Now imagine you 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 go bowling and you get a strike and you start bragging to your friends and you say I got a strike, I'm pretty awesome. And they say, well, of course you got a strike. You had bumpers in the gutter. And then you say, I did have bumpers in the gutter, but I didn't use them. I just bowled it straight down and got a strike. You, you would always have got a strike any which way, right? Because with the bumps in the gutter, the ball always hits all the skittles. But that doesn't mean you necessarily use them. Well, that's what we're talking about, the Lord Jesus Christ and his life on earth. He could have done anything he wanted. He is divine. He is God. But how did he do all the things uh, that he did? His miraculous life, his great teaching, even his resurrection. How did he do these things? He did them as a man in the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, Isaiah 11 helps us in this. How does Isaiah prophesy the coming of Jesus the Messiah? One of, the, one of these prophecies is to talk about Jesus in all his wisdom. Again, think about our passage this morning, Luke 2. It's all about his wisdom, how, what he knew, how he grew in knowledge. This is Isaiah 11, 1 to 2. This is what he says. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. As Isaiah prophesies about the coming of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is a great saviour. Why? Because the spirit of the Lord uh, was upon him. Yes, God took on flesh, but in taking on flesh, he became a real man, a real human. And as we hear in our reading that he grew in wisdom, that's him growing as a man in the power of the Spirit. Of course, it can't, God can't grow in wisdom, can he? God is perfectly wise all the time. So when we think of Christmas, who is it that we are celebrating in the manger? We celebrate Jesus, the man, not a, not a superman. Now, you might be thinking, this is a bit of theological speculation. What is the cash value of this? I hope I've shown you it's true, but what is the cash value of this? Doesn't make a difference. Well, I want to say an emphatic yes to this question. It makes a huge difference. It's a wonderful truth. And I think it will help us marvel at Jesus, but also model our life after Jesus. So marveling and modeling. Let's start with marveling at Jesus. Now, we know Jesus came into the world to live the life we should have lived. I think sometimes, think, okay, I can, I can get my head around that in the power of the Spirit. Yes, he could have done that. But we also got to remember how this baby Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's the testimony of the Apostle Paul. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. At Christmas, we don't just celebrate the incarnation. We celebrate our salvation. But I sometimes wonder if we downplay Jesus' death on the cross because we think of Jesus as some sort of superman, some sort of superhuman. And I guess the reasoning would go something like this. Um, dying on the cross must have been really hard. But I guess for Jesus, not too bad. After all, he was God. He could take it. He had a divine pain threshold. He had some sort of invincibility shield. He had a divine anesthetic, anesthetic or epidural. I don't think we ever articulate it like that. But I think without Jesus, he's got, he could take it on the cross. But you see, none of this is true if Jesus is man, not Superman, if he is truly man, you see the baby Jesus, 
he would have experienced uh, pain and hunger and the cold like any other baby would have done that. Yes, without sin, but he would have experienced the hardship of life. And the same as he grew a man. So when Jesus stubbed his toe, banged his head, cut himself, it would have felt exactly the same for him as it would for me and it would for you. And so it was no easier for him to go to the cross than it would have been for us. And yet he willingly did so anyway. I think that's remarkable. But there's more to it than that. How did Jesus come to know that he would need to die on the cross? He would have learned about it from the scriptures. He'd have learned that he read Isaiah 53, that it was the will of the Lord to crush the Messiah, to crush the Christ. He'd have learned from Psalm 22 that the Christ would be forsaken and abandoned by God and experience the unimaginable horrors of the cross. And then he'd learned from Micah 5 that this servant would be born in Bethlehem. And he'd learned from Hosea 11 that this servant from childhood would have been called out of Egypt. And he'd have learned from 2 Samuel 7 that this son was to be a dis- this, this Messiah would be a descendant of David. And from Isaiah 7 that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. And he'd have been told by his mother Mary about everything that happened about uh, around the time of his birth. And he'd realize as a man empowered by the spirit, understanding the word of God, that he was the one who'd come into the world to save God's people. But it would require the costliest act of obedience in the history of time. His suffering of death on the cross and his experience God's full wrath at sin. And not suffering with the aid of superhuman strength or a divine anaesthetic, but suffering the weight of God's cross or of God's wrath on the cross as a true human being. And here's the thing, as a man, empowered by the Spirit, but as a man, he still chose to go to the cross for me, and he still chose to go to the cross for ye. He is a remarkable saviour. He is a remarkable saviour. As the Lord Jesus Christ comes into the world, we think, wow, what a child who became what a man, who became what a saviour that he chose to go to the cross for us. He didn't have a divine super strength in which he chose to use to do that. He did that as a weak human being like us. I think the uh, second verse of our next song captures something of this. Uh, About halfway down, it says, The king of kings lay thus in lowly manger. In all our trials, born to be our friend, he knows our need to our weakness is no stranger. Behold your king before him, lowly bend. God became a man at Christmas, a true man, that he might save us, suffering for us, And surely that is a wonderful reason to delight this Christmas, a wonderful reason to behold our Lord Jesus Christ. And we don't have to leave it there. Having marveled at the Lord Jesus Christ, we can see 
that he is a model for us to follow as well. See, as Christians, we're called to imitate Christ, aren't we? And if we think of Christ as just sort of some Superman, we think, well, how could I possibly imitate him? A bit like being asked to imitate Superman, but without his powers. There's no way I can do that. Well, how can I imitate Christ if he is simply God on earth? Well, of course, we, there's a sense in which we can imitate God, but we are called to imitate Christ wholly, not a sense in which we're called to imitate Christ. How do we do that? We can imitate Christ as the true human being who was anointed uh, by the Holy Spirit, uh, as the man who learned from his teachers, as the man who submitted to his parents, as the man who uh, had the Holy Spirit like we do as the man who had prayer, as we do, to pray from his Father as help. Do you remember that? How the Lord Jesus Christ prays for help as well? Or we have the same tools at our disposal as the Lord Jesus Christ did. And therefore that means that obedience is possible. I guess most of us feel some sort of excitement at the upcoming break, opportunity to see family. But I guess most of us too are probably feeling a bit wary. I alluded to it earlier on. When we're we're with family at Christmas, family we often don't see, uh, we can often behave pretty badly. I think it's the old statistic, isn't it? When do most divorces happen? Most divorces certainly used to happen just about after Christmas because people spent so much time with their family. It is a time that people find incredibly difficult. We revert back to unhealthy stereotypes when we're growing up. And we start to get angry that people get in the way of us celebrating our break how we want to. And it seems almost inevitable that patterns of sin, old patterns of sin, will bear fruit in our lives. Well, I hope that Jesus' humanity gives us fresh confidence that that need not be the case. Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ obeyed his Father as a man in the power of the Spirit through prayer, through the Scriptures, learning what God said and we have those resources too he is our model to follow we can follow him the decisive break with sin uh, happened at the cross we're no longer slaves to sin Uh, so let us imitate our Lord Jesus Christ uh, the man who lived perfectly to please his father so as we go out next week let's do so with great joy Let's do so great joy because we have a wonderful saviour. Let's treasure afresh new things about what it meant for him to come into the world. In particular, that in his weakness, he came to die for us. And delighting in that, let us resolve to model our lives after him in the power of the spirit uh, that we might give him great glory. Let's pray that we would do that now. Father in heaven, uh, it is a wonderful thing that you sent the Lord Jesus Christ in the world to save us. We praise you and we thank you for your goodness. Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you that you came into the world in the weakness of uh, human flesh. And we praise you that you had the humility and the love to go to the cross for us. Father, we pray that you would freshly show us something of his beauty uh, this morning. We pray, we pray that we would appreciate Christ's life and death more and more. And we pray that we would imitate Christ more and more, knowing that he did so in the power of the Spirit that we have. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you would come upon us this week to help us live faithfully for you.
killing our sin, uh, living like our Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen.